So we're in the book of Acts. We're going we're gonna to backtrack just a little bit. Because as we did uh, membership today, affirming some new members, um, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to talk really about um, sheep and shepherds today. You know, God is purposeful about the language in Scripture. And he's given us clear commandments concerning uh, his sheep. He's given us clear instructions, not only about his sheep, but about his shepherds, those men that he makes shepherds or overseers of his flock. And in Acts chapter 20, verses 28 through 31, in these four verses, uh, Paul is addressing a group of elders or a group of overseers, or a group of pastors. Those three terms are three different Greek words, but they are terms used interchangeably in the Scripture to, to, de- to describe men God places over his flock to shepherd them. So Acts chapter 20, verses 28 through 31. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves." Therefore, watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the gospel. We thank you for your word. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the truth as it is in Jesus. And we thank you that the truth sets us free. And Father, there is no greater privilege than to be called a shepherd of your sheep. There is no greater privilege to be the sheep of your pasture, to be the sheep of your flock. And we all here today, Lord, we are all sheep of your flock. And Father, I am thankful that you have allowed me to be a shepherd of your sheep. So Father, as we look into your word today, I pray that you would move on both sheep and shepherd, that we would be a people to bring glory and honor to your name, that we would be a people who love one another, who serve one another, who protect one another, who build one another up in love, Lord, for your glory and for our good. Father, we thank you for this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So here in Acts chapter 20, and we see this really throughout the scripture, the church is referred to as a flock. Paul indicates it is the Holy Spirit that has made these men overseers to shepherd the church of God. Paul also reminds them that the church or the flock was purchased with the blood of Christ. Jesus purchased his church with his very own blood. 
And here in verse 28, this verse begins with the command to take heed. And to take heed is the command to be on guard, to keep watch over, to pay careful attention. That's what that means. And Paul writes, and Paul is saying to these elders, take heed for yourselves and for the flock of God. The admonition is specifically for the elders of the church at Ephesus that are mentioned back up in verse 17. So if you go back up to verse 17, you'll see that Paul called for the elders of the church at Ephesus to meet him in, uh, in Miletus as Paul is getting ready to go to Jerusalem. And it's these Ephesian elders that are here that Paul is addressing. Remember, Paul spent three years in Ephesus, and, and the Scripture tells us that all Asia heard the gospel as a result of Paul's work there in Ephesus. So there was a large, thriving church in Ephesus, and Paul calls these elders to come, and he is giving them instructions because as we read uh, earlier, that Paul says, this is the last time you will see my face. And so Paul is addressing specifically these elders from the church at Ephesus. But it's important that we understand today that Paul is generally addressing all elders. Or or we really should think of it this way. The Holy Spirit is addressing all elders who are shepherding God's church. So I can't read Acts chapter 28 or 20 verses 28 through 31 and say that does not apply to me because I was not an Ephesian elder. No, the point is, even though that was not written to me, it was written for me. Paul wrote letters to the Ephesian church for the church. And this is true for all of Scripture. It's why Paul wrote to Pastor Timothy and said, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it is profitable for us to correct us, to grow us up, to keep us in the right lanes in life. And so we understand that Paul is addressing Ephesian elders, but Paul is also addressing this and the Holy Spirit is giving this to the elders not just 2,000 years ago, but the elders today throughout the world. The elders referred to in Acts 20.17 are called overseers in Acts chapter 20, verse 28. They are commanded, these elders and these overseers, terms used interchangeably, two different words, but they communicate those who rule over, those who oversee the church. And those elders and those overseers are commanded by God to shepherd the church of God. That means that these men who are elders and overseers are also shepherds. Who shepherds? Shepherds do. So they're not just elders. They're not just overseers. They're shepherds or they're pastors. The word pastor literally means uh, shepherd. These terms, elder, overseer, and shepherd or pastor are used interchangeably. Peter writes to the elders and overseers in his first letter, 
exhorting them, as Paul did, to shepherd the flock of God. Let's read 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. The elders who are among you I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Verse 2. This is not a suggestion. This is a command. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. A way that we might better understand this today is Peter is saying, shepherd the church of God by example, not by being lords over them. Or we might understand it this way, don't shepherd the church of God the way the Congress shepherds the nation. I'll tell you what you get, and then I get something else. I'll tell you how you have to live, but I get a pass. I get to live any way I want. I'll tell you what the rules are for you guys, but I'm above the rules. Peter says, don't do that. Don't shepherd the church of God that way. And it's a good reason, because ultimately, shepherds are going to give account to the chief shepherd. So look at this, nor is being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you know who that is, that's Jesus. When the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. That's a promise to shepherds. Peter's writing to shepherds. He's writing to pastors, telling them how they are to pastor the flock of God. Don't do it hypocritically. Don't do it taking advantage of the sheep. Do it by example. Do it eagerly. Do it because you love the sheep, because you care for the sheep. Most importantly, do it because you love the chief shepherd, because you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. The words elder and overseer are used interchangeably in these verses. They are instructed to shepherd or to be shepherds to the flock of God. Jesus here is referred to as the chief shepherd or the archipoiment. Archie meaning begin, the beginning. Not beginning like in chronologically, but the preeminent one. Jesus is the chief, the preeminent, the great, and the good shepherd of the sheep. God has always had elders who were overseers shepherding his church. We see elders and overseers shepherding the church of God in the Old Testament people of Israel. We see elders and overseers shepherding the church of God in the New Testament church. That is now, Jew and Gentile, made one new man in Christ Jesus. So membership identifies the flock for the shepherd. If we're talking about shepherds, you know we're eventually going to be talking about sheep, right? Because that's the business of shepherds 
are sheep. Today, we affirm new members of this congregation. We also, in doing that, affirm those who are already members. So this wasn't just an affirmation of new members. This actually was an affirmation of all members, new and not as new. I say members of this congregation, though I could have said members of our church. Well, I think it's acceptable to use the term members of our church. I want us to understand that we are all members of the church of God. That the church meeting down the street, across town, across the county, across the country, across the ocean, all the churches are members of the church of God. And the church of God are made up of these individual flocks that we call congregations, but they're all the flock of God. Again, when we, when we say the creed, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church. We're not saying we believe in the Roman Catholic Church, which is a denomination. The word Catholic means universal. That's what it means. We believe in the universal church. In other words, do you believe in the church that's visible on the earth? And do you believe in the church that's invisible in heaven? My friend Jeff Straub, he is absent from the body and he is present with the Lord. We all have loved ones, my parents, my sister, people that we know and love who are absent from their body, maybe recently or maybe long now, passed from this earth. But in Christ, they don't stop living. In Christ, they don't die. They live eternally. So we believe in the holy Catholic church, the visible and the invisible church from all the ages, from Adam all the way until Jesus sets foot on this earth again to rule and to reign over his new creation. So we affirm that we are members of that church, God's universal flock. It is the church that Jesus purchased with his own blood that we are members of. And this local expression we call Christ fellowship is just that. It's a local expression of the greater body of Christ, the greater and universal church of God. We are members of the church of God, the body of Christ, the visible and the invisible, both on earth and in heaven. And God knows who his church is. That's what I read to the children. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Don't think that Jesus does not know who his sheep are. In fact, Jesus, we're not doing a lesson on John 10, but go back and read John 10 and you will see that Jesus delineates. He, he distinguishes between his sheep and those that are not his sheep. He said, my sheep hear my voice. And what we understand is those that are not my sheep don't hear my voice. My sheep follow me. Those that are not his sheep don't follow him. So God knows who his church is. And as your pastor and one of your elders and overseers, I am commanded by God to shepherd you. It's not your choice. It's not my choice. 
It's God's command. Now, I, by choice, love being your pastor. And I hope you enjoy me being your pastor, and I appreciate the opportunity to shepherd you. But understand that it is God who created heaven and earth. It is God who calls the church his flock. It is Jesus Christ who is the great, the chief shepherd of the sheep who commands that his sheep be shepherded. And I cannot shepherd the flock of God if I don't know who that flock is. And this is the purpose of affirming members. This is an act of obedience born out of love and care and concern. Shepherds need to know who they are responsible to oversee because they will give an account to God one day for that oversight. Elders, anyone that has ever taken the title, worn the label of elder, whether they realize it or not, this is a scary thought. We will give an account one day to God for our eldership, for our oversight, for our shepherding. I'll be honest with you, that, that scares me. I love what I do as a pastor. But the Bible is very clear that I will be judged with a more strict judgment. That I'm going to give an account in a way that other people will not give account because God made me an overseer of his flock. And honestly, that should scare me. And it should scare every pastor, elder, overseer. It should scare them. Because God doesn't say these things lightly. And I can think, trust me, my wife knows I'm far from perfect. Some of you guys might not know that. But true confession, I am very far from perfect. And I can think of things I'm going to have to give account to by God where I was not the shepherd I should have been to the sheep. And I pray God have mercy on me and that I learn from my mistakes as we all should. So this is serious business for sheep and for shepherds. And you see that God is, God is doing this and Paul is saying this because Paul loves the sheep, because Paul is concerned about the sheep, because Paul knows there's real wolves out there. Paul knows there are people who don't serve the sheep for their because they love them, but they serve them for their own profit because they just love eating the sheep. And so this is a warning. And, and the warning is to protect the sheep and to let the shepherd know the, the weight of his responsibility. And so in order to shepherd the flock of God, I need to know who the flock is that God has put me in oversight of. This is an act of obedience, like I said, but also... We should do what we do as members of the body of Christ, as sheep of his pasture. We should do what we do because we love God. And out of our love for God, we are commanded to love one another. In one sense, I am to oversee and shepherd all who are counted as part of the church. So I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, the universal church. And I do have a responsibility to that universal church. And, and my chief, what I believe my chief responsibility to the universal church is, I'm not a pastor of the universal church, 
I'm a pastor in the universal church. But I believe I do as a pastor, and I will say this, you as a member of the universal church have a responsibility. And for me as a pastor, that responsibility begins first and foremost to consistently, faithfully preach and teach the gospel uncompromised, unhindered, to speak the truth in love no matter how offensive the truth may be to those hearing it. That is my responsibility to the holy Catholic church, to the universal church seen and unseen. And to obey Christ. As Peter said, that I'm not lording over, but I am living by example. So when you come to my house, I got dirty just dishes just like you do. When you come to my house, you're going to see I got clutter just like you do. When you come to my house, you, you will see me as I am. I try to be pretty consistent in that. Sometimes probably people think I'm, you know, shouldn't be so transparent. But the point is, shepherd and sheep, we all need a Savior. And Jesus is the chief shepherd of all of us. And we have to live by example as shepherds. Which means if you love your shepherd, if you love your pastor, you need to be able to speak to him and say to him, hey, pastor, that wasn't a very good example. Hey, pastor, you lost your cool. I love you, and I just want you to know we should not put any man up on a pedestal so high that we can't reach them. we got to crane our neck to, to just see them. That, that's not what Peter presents here. Peter says, I am a shepherd just like you, you guys are. And we rule the flock. We oversee the flock. We shepherd the flock by example, eagerly, because we love them and we love God. And we're not different from them. We're human just like they are. We're fallen just like they are. We need a Savior just like they do. Peter says, don't put yourself on a pedestal that you shouldn't be on. Be human, but be holy. Be an example of Christ. So I have a responsibility to the greater church, but I do not oversee and shepherd all of the flock of God in the same way that I oversee and shepherd this flock of God. Those who count themselves members of, our, uh, of, of this congregation. I don't shepherd you the same way I would shepherd those who count themselves members of other local congregations. Though I should be an example to them, though I should preach and teach the gospel, and I should live an uncompromised life, and I should be that visible witness of Christ, to those who are not only part of this congregation, but to those who are part of the greater congregation, the greater flock of God. Just as I have care and concern for all children, 
As a parent, I do not oversee and shepherd other people's children the same way I do my own. You know, if you're out in the restaurant or somewhere, parent, you've all been there. I know you have, and you see that kid, and you're thinking, if that was my kid, I already would have introduced him to the rod of correction. But you don't introduce him to the rod of correction because he's not your child. You know, we had the wooden spoon. His name was Woody, and we drew a frowny face on Woody. And we kept Woody. We carried Woody everywhere we went. And so, you know, we'd say, here's Woody with his frowny face. And the kids knew what that meant, you know. Well, you don't, you don't pull Woody out when you're at the restaurant and someone else's kid might need Woody, but, but you can't do that. So we don't shepherd as parents other people's children the way we shepherd our own children. But we should be examples in the way we discipline our children or care for our children. It's the same way with the church. Having an affirmed membership helps the shepherd know who he is to pay close attention to in his duty to oversee the flock. The task of shepherding is the task of guarding and protecting. We're learning this in our, in our biblical eldership. The chief responsibility of the elders is to guard the flock because there are things that want to come in and destroy the flock of God. Listen to Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 5 and 6. The whole chapter deals with this, but I'm just going to read you two verses here. So they were scattered, talking about the sheep, talking about Israel, the people of God. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the beasts of the field when they were, when they were scattered. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and on every high hill. Yes, my flock was scattered over the whole face of the earth, and no one was seeking or searching for them. The shepherds weren't doing their job. They fled because they weren't true shepherds. They were hirelings, as Jesus calls them in John 10. God has strong words of warning for shepherds who do not shepherd the sheep. We see these warnings both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the responsibility to oversee and shepherd the flock of God is first and foremost about the glory of God. That's first and foremost. The glory of God and the safety and the health of the sheep. That is the responsibility of those the Holy Spirit has made overseers to shepherd the flock of God. That's another problem in the church today. A lot of men are given titles because they've got big bank accounts or great influence. Oh, he'd be a great guy to have on our church board. We'll make him an elder because fill in the blank. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that elders, overseers, shepherds are called by God. God determines who those are, not how influential they are in the community, not how many people they can draw to our church. Because we don't exist to draw people. The Bible never says, you know, draw people and make disciples of all the nations. Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples. You're here today to be equipped so that you can go and make disciples. You're here today to be equipped for the work of ministry because though there is work of ministry here in the church, our greatest work of ministry is out there 
on the streets, in the world, where people are living opposed to Christ. So Acts 20.28 begins by commanding shepherds and overseers to take heed to yourselves and to the flock of God. And to take heed, remember, means to be on guard, to keep watch over, to pay careful attention. The elders and overseers shepherding the flock are commanded to take heed to themselves. I need to make sure that as your shepherd, as your pastor, that I am preaching and teaching truth, not what I want, not just what I think. Now, nobody, no finite human being, anybody that says that they understand completely the Word of God and they've got all the answers, they're a liar. Run from them. God is infinite. His Word is infinite. And how will we ever come to the end of an infinite God? You won't. How will we ever come to a place where we say, well, I've seen all there is to see of God. You can't. If you believe that, then you're looking at the wrong God and you don't know the true and living God. So shepherds, pastors, they need to take heed of themselves. That's the first thing Paul says. Overseers, take heed to yourselves and to the flock of God. You ever fly in an airplane? Remember the spiel the stewardess gives you? What does she tell you when she holds that little plastic mask up? And she says, for you parents with children, make sure you put the masks on who first? On you first. So this is why Paul addresses shepherds first. And he says, shepherds, take heed to yourself. You're leading the flock of God. And if you are, if you're lost... You're only going to lead your flock into greater lostness. That's not a word, but you know what I mean. <laughs> if the shepherd is unfit, he will not lead his flock well. God commands shepherds to take heed so that they are spiritually fit to oversee the flock. They are charged to protect, to nourish, and to care for this in turn assures that the flock is spiritually fit. Affirming membership identifies those who the overseer or the shepherd has been entrusted to guard, to keep watch over, and to pay careful attention. Affirming membership identifies those. Jesus said in John 10, 14, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. You know what? That's us today. The Gentile world. The rest of humanity that was not Jewish. Them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. We are members of his one flock born again by the Spirit and made one together in Him. This is the grace of God given to us in Jesus Christ. We are all called to obey Christ. Hebrews 13, 17. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. So think about that. 
Think about that verse. To give an account, it says that shepherds will have to give an account to God one day. To give an account, a shepherd must be able to count those things he's giving an account of. If an accountant doesn't have any numbers, he can't count. If an accountant doesn't have anything to account of, there's nothing, he's got to have something to count. We are all sheep of his pasture. We are all the flock of God. We are under his authority as the chief shepherd. Let us all be submissive to him with joy, knowing that it will be for our profit and his glory. Amen? Let's prepare to come to the table today. This is a table of thanksgiving. It's what the word Eucharist means, thanksgiving. So every week when we come to this table, we come with thanksgiving. Paul writes in in his letter to the Philippians, when you make your prayers to God, make them with thanksgiving. Yeah, but I've got really bad things going on in my life. Be thankful to God because you have a lot of really good things going on in your life, most especially if you know Jesus and you have been saved by his grace. We always have things to be thankful for. We don't minimize the bad. We thank God even when times are hard, times are tough. You do not have to be a member of this particular congregation called Christ Fellowship Church to come to this table. But if you count yourself a member of the universal church, the holy Catholic church, both visible and indivisible on earth and in heaven... If you count yourself a covenant member of God's body, you are welcome to this table. If you've never trusted in Jesus, trust in Jesus. Trust him now. There's not a formula for salvation. Jesus saves. Formulas don't save. Jesus saves. And the promise God made to us is if anyone calls upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. Call upon him from faith. Call to him. He will save you. Church, welcome to Jesus. Here's your charge. God knows the sheep that are his. Those shepherds he makes overseers of his flock must know who they are responsible to oversee. And every one of us as the flock of God are called to submit to God. We are all commanded, in fact, to submit to God's will as revealed in God's word by God's spirit. It is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life that tempt us and draw us away to rebel against God. Walk in the Spirit and do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Paul writes in his letter to the Ephesians, Submit to one another in the fear of the Lord. God has placed us in a body for protection and for life. And in the functioning of the body, we receive and supply life to one another each part supplying what the other needs. Paul writes this in Ephesians chapter 4, from whom the whole body being joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love, Ephesians 4.16. Let us be that body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies Let us all do our share and cause growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Let us do this with joy 
for our profit and to God's glory. Amen? Amen. Father, I thank you for the food next door. We thank you for our time of fellowship. Let the food be nourishment to our bodies. Let the fellowship be even greater nourishment to our spirits. We thank you, Lord. We love you. We give you thanks for all things. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.